as a realtor, what my uncle told me at the beginning is you always have to be flexible and you always have to change, especially in this space, right? I think there's just a lot more, you know, quote unquote, I buyers right now or online shoppers for homes. And, you know, I think as a realtor, you just have to adjust with the times and, and do, do the best you can with what cards you're dealt. I wrote my first offer at a Starbucks and my mentor was helping me write it on Zoom, right? And so I just had access to help and training and a community and a team. And and I, I valued that at the beginning of my real estate career over maybe a bigger name or more money and early on. I, I just felt the education piece was the biggest thing for me. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Sholseth. Let's dive in. Well, guys, welcome to the show. Uh, My special guest today is Travis Clark of Pleasanton, California, which if you don't know is located in Northern California. He's a newer agent in the real estate business. And uh, Travis, let's get into it. Nice. Excited. Yeah, thanks for being here. What? uh, Why real estate? Um, my, My family has been in real estate kind of their whole lives. My uncle is a is a pretty high volume realtor in San Luis Obispo. And my my brother is a realtor for uh, Hawaii life on the big island of Hawaii. And it's just something I've always been interested in. And and when I had the opportunity to to jump in and do it, I I really dove at it. I love that. What's a little bit about you or about your background that you've brought into your real estate business? I would say the biggest thing is the creation of positive trust-based relationships. I, I used to be a college soccer coach at the division one and division two athletic levels in the NCAA. And a lot of the experience that I had um, in that, in regard to the recruiting piece, the creating relationships, cultivating that side of things has really helped me in the real estate market so far, because I'm, I'm able to create, you know, those trust-based relationships with my clients and, it's helped me in all the transactions so far. So how's your first uh, 12 to 18 months been in real estate? I know that's a sensitive time for a lot of newer agents. What's been your experience? Yeah, I mean, I, I was just going over this with my team leader this morning, but you know, I'm this, this calendar year so far, so year to date, um, I've more than tripled my collegiate college uh, head coaching salary. Um, and I, and I still have four and a half months left on my calendar. So, I mean, needless to say, it's going fantastic. So yeah, far. congratulations. That's yeah. amazing. So what do you attribute that to? I have, I have a couple really good mentors that, you know, my brother and, and my uncle, as well as Amy Gerace and Janelle Pelosi up here and, and also Jason Moon, these, you know, pretty high volume realtors that have kind of taken me under their wing as I, as I was getting started, you know, also, you know, just work rate. I mean, you know, how much I had to work and how hard I had to work and the hours and, and everything as a college soccer coach and the recruiting or training or game environments. Um, I've kind of translated that directly into real estate as well. So I'm, I'm just, I feel like I'm just somebody that, that kind of never stops and that's translating into success in this business. So there's two things like I normally talk to newer agents about, right? One is branding. Two is lead generation. Yeah. Uh, if we could, let's start with branding. What do you have going on for branding yourself and putting yourself out there as a branded agent in order for your clients to see you, find you, talk to you, reach out to you? Yeah, so there's there's a lot of things that, that we're doing. I mean, obviously, every agent 
probably could do more. And, and I'll admit that it is something that I definitely could do more, but um, you know, I'm on a team, I'm on the Pelosi team up here. And so there's, I have, there's a lead agent and then myself, and then we have two buyers agents underneath us. And so we do a lot of team branding as well. So we send out different posts every week um, on, on all the social media platforms. We do, you know, we, we, Janelle and I each have a farm and, you know, we do mailings to our farms that, that go out um, every single month. We send out uh, newsletters to all of our past clients. And then we do a lot of social media um, that's not your, your normal kind of boring realtor social media. So we have like, like my Instagram account, for example, it's my personal Instagram account, but I also use it for my real estate stuff. So you know, so people are seeing who I am as a person and my family and, you know, that I go on hikes or that I play with my son or my dogs or whatever. So they see that I'm a real person as well. Um, I mean, but we do we do a lot in the social media sphere. We're just getting into a lot of YouTube stuff. So we're just starting that right now. But I'm kind of like branding myself in in this area, in my neighborhood in Pleasanton. It's just kind of like the neighborhood realtor, right? I, I try to spend a lot of time getting to know my neighbors, like as far out as 100 houses out. Um, I talk to people when I go on walks with my dog. I If I get a chance to weave in that I'm a realtor in any conversation, I try to do that. I don't do it up front, but I, I try to do it. I I just try to come across like my brand, I guess, is is somebody that can help you in that process. And then... I'm going to be your friend after that transaction. So I'm, I'm not somebody that, that kind of stops that relationship. So that's kind of my brand. And I'm trying to brand myself, obviously, as a realtor individually, but then also we're branding our team as well. So that's great. So it sounds like you're really heavy into community. So is that also your farm area? Yeah, I, my, my farm area is the Vintage Hills neighborhood of Pleasanton. And okay. obviously, I'm a newer agent. And, you know, statistics will tell you that, you know, it takes about two years to saturate in in a farm, for example. And, and COVID really didn't help me because I started right about that time. So, you know, door knocking and, and putting flyers on, you know, on properties or, you know, even speaking to neighbors was kind of, you know, frowned upon right so i'm just now really getting started uh you know in my farm but yes it it is community based you know on fourth of july we put out flags uh, all over our neighborhood and uh we do in janelle's farm in concord who's the team leader we do a bunch of stuff in her farm including you know like a neighborhood garage sale or you know a, a, a coat drive i mean we do we do things in our community or in our neighborhood you know, try to do it on a, on a monthly or bi-monthly basis. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. So, you know, with, with COVID, not to date where we are or anything, but with COVID, that threw a lot of traditional marketing methods that people would use or even lead generation strategies out of the window. Is that when you guys started pivoting heavier on digital marketing or were you already doing that? And how have you adapted that to your lead generation strategies today? COVID changed things, right? Because open house, the biggest thing I felt was, you know, when I got into real estate at the beginning, like my first couple months, you know, I was doing an open house every weekend. And, and that was like a, a really good way to generate clients, right? Um, and all of a sudden, um, open houses went away. And so the whole the whole market shifted, it totally changed. You know, so we did a lot of things in regard to, to generate clients. So we we really leaned into uh, the farm that we had in Concord um, with Janelle, 
we work with with Zillow a little bit as well. So we're Zillow Premier Partners as well. Um, I do some stuff with Redfin just as a referral agent. So I have that. Um, so I get a couple of those that come in. Um, and then we just lean really heavily kind of into friends and family in our spheres. And, and I started to get a lot of clients, you know, referrals from friends or referrals from past clients. And, but it, you know, you really had to focus on different avenues, especially because you couldn't meet people face to face, right. Anymore. You know, you couldn't knock on doors, you couldn't meet people at houses. And, um, so that was actually the only kind of way I knew real estate, right. Until recently when it just opened back up again. Right. So I got my first client from an open house, uh, last weekend. Right. Congrats. And so, yeah, congrats. yeah. Yeah. And it was like my fourth or fifth open house that I had done so far. And, um, you know, but I did, cause I spent my whole first year and three months as a realtor, you know, in a complete lockdown up here. So if we can go back a minute and talk about Zillow, a lot of agents and or other brokerages just hate on Zillow, right? They, yeah. they don't like them. They feel like they're competing or taking market share. Like what's your, what's your point on that? How do you feel about that? I mean, I'm, you know, I, I, I talked to my uncle about this, you know, and the, the thing with Zillow, I think is, you know, it Zillow is inevitable at this point, right? They, they control a lot of the market share um, because if you are just your lay person and you are thinking, you know, you've never bought a house before and you, you know, you go, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to Google search home search or whatever. I'm going to, I want to Google search homes in Pleasanton or whatever, you know, Zillow usually comes up first or if they're just starting their process, they're, they start searching on Zillow. I would say, I don't know what the statistics are. You probably do better than I do, but I'm, my guess is, you know, in the 80% range or so, uh, first time home buyers are, are, that's their first stop. Right. And so, you know, you can either fight it, you know, uh, there are some agents up here that refuse to work with Zillow. Right. Um, so I don't, I don't do Zillow solely. Um, I just do Zillow as a, as a piece to what, what I do. So I'd say, you know, one out of every five clients that I get probably do route through Zillow at some point, but do I think realtors, you know, at the beginning, probably let, let it happen a little bit too much and too fast. Yeah, but it's here. And I think, you know, the realtors that don't adjust and adapt to it, you know, might struggle a little bit. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, but you know, I definitely think, you know, at least in Northern California, Zillow has, you know, in, entrenched themselves in a pretty good market share. And now they have, you know, Zillow flex agents as well. So even agents like myself who are, you know, I'm a premier agent, you know, I pay a little bit of money for access to a zip code, you know, now there's the flex program um, where they're kind of, they have these higher volume realtors that are in, you know, going into our zip codes as well. So I think you just, as a realtor, what my uncle told me at the beginning is you always have to be flexible and you always have to change, especially in this space, right? I think there's just a lot more, you know, quote unquote, I buyers right now or online shoppers for homes. And, um, you know, I think as a realtor, you just have to adjust with the times and, and do, do the best you can with what cards you're dealt. Well, I think it's smart. Um, your uncle sounds like a, a seasoned pro because most people don't talk about needing what I call like MSLs, multiple sources of leads, you know, and even if you end up with the 80, 20 rule where 80% of your business is coming from, you know, 20% of your activities, you still need those multiple sources. You know, you can't rely on just one source. So having access to a pool that you create 
of different leads is going to help you stabilize your business over time and you continue to build and expand your sphere and your database and cultivate your community. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I think agents that focus only on one way to generate leads, well, what happens when that source of leads dries up or if the market shifts Which or if will. one or yeah, or if one trend changes, you know? So um do I love what Zillow has done to the market, you know, not maybe not so much, but I'm also not naive enough to know that it, I have to have it as one of my five sources of leads. Right. You know, if I, if I don't, if I'm too proud to do that, I feel that I'm, I'm leaving money on the table every year. And when you calculate it out, if I'm doing one transaction a month and that lead comes from Zillow, um, you know, I could be leaving a ton of money on the table if I decide not to work with them. Right. Um, yeah, now, I'm not going to the make it a player I'm not gonna, in the game, right? Right. And I'm not going to make it my entire business, but um, it is going to be a piece of my, my business. If something else comes in and takes over Zillow, you know, I'll evaluate how that will fit into my, you know, my lead generation as well. I love that. So Travis, how did you choose your brokerage? I know that's something that a lot of newer agents struggle with, you know, like, um, I don't know if you are, but I'm in all these different groups online, right? Facebook groups for newer agents or real estate agent mastermind. And I see so many people struggling with this. How did you make that choice? I mean, I, I did have a, I did have a friend that, you know, was in Keller Williams, specifically in the East Bay office. And, you know, Keller Williams has a couple offices in the Bay area. A lot of them are, you know, they like, for example, um, you know, Keller Williams, Tri-Valley. Well, that kind of like, you know, pigeonholes you to the, these two or three different towns down here. The reason why I picked Keller Williams East Bay specifically is I felt the name gave me, you know, a wider range of possible clients because the East Bay includes all of the cities in the entire East Bay, not just the Tri-Valley. So I've done transactions, you know, in Brentwood, Antioch, Concord, Walnut Creek, Pleasanton, Livermore, um, even all the way out into Sacramento, Manteca. I mean, anything in the East Bay, um, I have access to out of our office. That was number one. Number two, I did some research and, you know, the, the Keller Williams East Bay, the Walnut Creek office is the, it's the number one brokerage in our area. It's like the biggest market share office. Um, I mean, there's about 400 agents that work in our office, including, a couple of, you know, the top agents, you know, in the country work out of our office, um, like Ren Renee White, for example. And so it just added a lot of credibility. The, the other thing I felt was when I went and met with the broker, they weren't talking about money or how many transactions that I was going to make. I was a little bit nervous getting into the business. And, you know, the thing I was worried about is like, I'm, I'm leaving college coaching, something that I knew really well, and I'm getting into something that I don't know that much about. And, you know, and I'm going to be an independent contractor essentially. Right. And so what brokerage am I going to pick? And I, I just really liked when I met with them that their focus was about community, the team, all the services within the office, how all the agents share with each other. They don't try to steal stuff from each other. But then, you know, the, the huge focus on education at the beginning when you're a realtor, you know, I spent my first two months at Keller Williams without even attempting to do a transaction. And all I was doing was taking all the classes, you know, whether those classes were through um, through the, the Walnut Creek office or the Danville office or the El Dorado Hills office, or even Keller Williams, you know, nationally, 
Um, I was taking, you know, four or five hours of classes every single day. And I just, I, and I also, you know, I was assigned a mentor. Um, I was assigned a productivity coach and, you know, those two people were with me for my first three transactions. I mean, I write, I wrote my first offer at a Starbucks and my mentor was helping me write it on zoom. Right. And so I just had access to help and, and training and a community and a team and, um, and I, I valued that at the beginning of my real estate career over, you know, maybe a bigger name or, you know, more money and early on. I, I just felt the education piece was the biggest thing for me. Love it. That makes a lot of sense, especially with yeah. your college coaching background. But it's also extremely valuable, right? Because you put the time in up front and now you're reaping the rewards as you're going through accumulating your transactions and, you know, like you said, tripling your salary. Yeah, it, it's been really successful so far. I mean, I, my mentor, uh, Janelle, she, she talks about, she talked a lot about, you know, it's like a ball and it's this big gigantic ball and you're, you know, are you pushing the ball up the hill? Right. And so every, every lead you bring in, every phone call you make, every door you knock on everything, you're just, you're pushing the ball higher up the hill. Right. Um, eventually the ball starts rolling down the hill and that's transactions. Right. And I feel that, um, I've had a lot of guidance and help along the way. And um, now that's, you know, now that's turning into transactions. I mean, sometimes so fast, I, you know, it's, it's hard to keep track of. I mean, I'm in four contracts right now at the same time, and I have a new build that closes this weekend. So I have five, you know, in contract right now. And those five are things that I started laying groundwork for a year ago. And right. so it's that, it's that pushing the ball up the mountain thing. And I, I feel you know, if, if I'm sitting around my house and I'm not doing anything and I have a little bit of extra time, I always think about that, right? I always think about Janelle telling me that and going, man, I need to push the ball up the mountain a little bit today, right? And I, I use that as my, you know, what am I going to do today? Who am I going to call? Who am I going to reach out to on Facebook? Am I going to post something? You know, I, I always feel like I need to push the ball up the mountain. That's building the momentum, right? Building the yeah. momentum to hit that fulcrum and pivot down the other side. Yeah. That's yeah. great. I love that. Thanks for sharing. What are three things that you wish somebody told you that you didn't know until you became an agent and started down this path? Man, that's, that's tough. I, I might need to think about that a little bit. So I, I saw a t-shirt the other day. I mean, this is one thing I, you know, the, and I came from a competitive, you know, college athletic atmosphere, but um, I saw a t-shirt the other day and uh, it, you know, it said real estate's a contact sport. <laughs> and yeah, and I, I thought about that, you know, because, um, you know, all of every agent has probably lost a client to another realtor, sure. you know, um, for whatever reason that might be. And, um, so I think the one thing that I, you know, would tell everybody else is don't get emotional about that. You know, that I've, I've kind of decided in my own mind that if, uh, if, if a client doesn't want to work with you, it's better that you know, just go and find a different client to work with. Right. And, or treat that client a little bit better. So when another realtor comes along that they won't pick you, but, or that they'll pick you. But the, the thing that I, I think realtors need to understand right now, I think is that it is a contact sport and, um, you know, you have to have thick skin and be able to move on right from it. So one of the other things I feel, you know, is I'm going through, 
you know, meeting with, you know, my tax advisor and, and all the implications of, you know, being full, you know, 1099, you know, income. And I think that new agents coming in and even myself, I didn't have a full understanding of it. I was set up for it. I did a good job of, of setting money aside and being ready for it. But I think agents need to understand that, you know, every transaction you have, you're still going to be responsible for, um, you know, paying, you know, the taxes on, on each of those transactions. And, um, you know, there's an agent in our office the other told me the other day that she paid like 190 grand in taxes last year. And so, um, you know, it can be a lot. Um, and if you just get your money and spend it right when you get it, all of a sudden at the end, you'll be in trouble. And so I think that that's one thing is just pay attention to it. At least know what you're getting into. Talk to a, you know, a CPA. I wish I would have talked to a CPA earlier. You know, I think that that really helped me. Yeah. Understand that you're actually starting a business. Yeah. It's, it's and there's all business. these different components to it. Yeah. Even all the things that you can write off, you know, you're going to talk to a CPA as early as possible and figure out, you know, what are you allowed to write off and, and how do you keep track of that stuff throughout the year? Um, you know, I think that that's really important. And that's something that I'm, you know, did okay last year and I'm doing way better this year, just in regard to, you know, how I keep receipts and how I track mileage or whatever. I mean, I, I feel like I'm, way better at it. Cause you know, I've always worked for someone else, right. I've always worked for the, the CSU system, you know, or the, or the college I was working at and they took care of all that stuff for you. Now you're, you're right. You're an independent contractor. It's your own business. You got to pay attention to it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's important. That's not taught in real estate school. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not. Um, okay. Awesome. Thanks for sharing that. The last thing I would ask you is what is your Whoever is listening to this, the audience, you know, it's real estate agents, um, lenders, escrow people, title people, all these other professionals in the industry. What is your one thing? If somebody can walk away from our conversation and you can pay it forward and give them one thing, what is your one thing that you'd like to share? I, I would say the biggest thing is, uh, you know, create positive trust-based relationships and realize that your, your clients, you work for your clients. And I, the example that I'll give, I, I had this listing in San Ramon right now, and we staged the house and the, the client didn't like the color of the couch. And we all thought that the couch looked great. We took pictures. It looked fantastic. But the night before the listing, uh, I mean, the night before pictures, like real pictures, uh, she sends me a message and she says, Travis, it looks great but I just really wish you would have went with the lighter couch. Right. Um, I called one of my team members and uh, we used his truck. And at 1 AM, we moved a couch from a different listing that we had into this one. So we switched couches, you know, at 1 AM, I got a message from the client like at eight 30 in the morning the next day. And she's like, Travis, the couch looks great. Thanks for doing it. This is the best staging I've ever seen. It's fantastic. Um, and so the lesson that I learned was, you know, whatever your client asks for or needs in these transactions, because they're such big transactions to them on the buyer or the seller side, go out of your way, um, I th think, to, to accommodate that. Because our business, I think, is it's based on referrals and it's based on reviews. And the decision that I made to change that couch out was the decision I made at you know, at midnight deciding, do I want a four-star review or a five-star review on this? And I, you know, I decided to, to do what my client asked. And I think that that's 
one thing that some realtors don't don't do as much right now. You know, they're, sometimes they're short with their clients or they, they feel like they're going to push them around a little bit or this is how we should do it. You know, sometimes the clients have good ideas as well, but ultimately it's their house and they're selling it and, and you work for them. And that's the one thing that, um, that I would say is do whatever you can to, to make your clients happy. Over deliver. Over deliver. Yes. Over deliver. Right. Yeah. Magic words, especially yeah. in the real estate business. For you won't sure. always get rewarded for it. But when you do, it is worth it. Yeah, because this client now, right, she's going to refer someone to me for sure. Yeah. And so um, although the, the other couches look nice, um, you know, all it took me was two hours, you know, to, to change it for. So it was easy. I love it. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Travis, where can these guys find you? If somebody wants to talk to you or connect with you or needs a referral in Pleasanton area, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Yeah, so you, you can call me. Um, nine, two, five, nine, two, 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 seven, five. You also can email me at Travis.clark with an E T R A V I S dot C L A R K E at KW.com. Uh, I'm also on all the social media platforms, either at realtor Clark or Travis Clark realtor, depending on, on which platform you use. Um, but I'd love to help anyone out. Um, I am country, so please reach out. Amazing. Travis, it's been great having you. Thanks for sharing. Thank you very much for the time. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one. <laughs>